Yeah. Check it out. See, the only thing you need to do right here is snarl your freaking head. July 27th and 7th, episode 140. This is the Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast. The podcast is the official podcast of the fantasyfootballauction.com, the internet's only website dedicated to fantasy football auction. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Fantasy Auction or like us on .cam slash Fantasy Football Auctioneer. It's a exciting day for fantasy football owners uh, today. Some training camp started. The wrestling will be up and running by the end of the week. Football's back, baby. Today we're going to talk, uh, we're going to answer some listener questions and I'll try to actually put the music in for Dave. Uh, we'll discuss some news and we'll take a look at some buy or sells and then we'll talk about uh, some drafts that Blister and I are in right now and uh, everything else will be all fantasy football auction. But of course, our analysts, they're always here. Uh, he graciously let me into his studio tonight. Blister, thanks for the invite. Welcome in, Mr. Buckets. <laughs> Welcome in. Beckett's was scared of uh, the last podcast when <laughs> Auntie Buckets crashed the studio. <laughs> so he had to get a safer place for the weekend, so we brought him over here. <laughs> I think he should be safe here. I finally showed her the debacle that was the YouTube video from, I think it's, if I remember correctly, one hour, four minutes. Uh, thanks, Dave, for uh, calling us out on Twitter, too. That was pretty good. <laughs> Anyways, we'll move on. And he's recovering from two herniated discs and some... some some severe dehydration. Slim, how's the DIY project going? Will the real Slim Sadie please stand up? I repeat, will the real Slim Sadie please stand up? We're going to have a problem here. Slow. <laughs> so slow when you have to watch a two-year-old every day for the vast majority of the day. So, yeah, I'm hoping to get her done by the end of August. That's my goal at this point. <laughs> Well, I was just I happy that I stumbled, stumbled across you guys uh, yesterday. Yeah, I'm sure you were thrilled when you saw what you had to do, but I was happy. Well, a couple of beers be. is always is always a good thing, so. Yeah, well, those were necessary that day, too. It was hot. <laughs> it was hot that day. No, well, I tweeted, a picture. I, I tweeted a picture of the project, right, of you uh, mid-project? Yeah. 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 Just so people who are listening are going, what the hell are they talking about? My brother-in-law tearing his ass out of his shorts, trying to lift to 600 pounds. <laughs> that Gibby, Gibby goes, you get a picture. that's my shorts. <laughs> Gibby? Yeah. Oh, no. oh that is. Well, we just thought we could muscle those things up and just plunk them into place, and then we tried to lift. And <laughs> yeah, no. I think you, Slim, doing it by yourself might have been a little tough. Oh, yeah. I'd be still be there. Over. Our mathematician was like, well, let's just do it the way the Egyptians did it. <laughs> yeah, well, that was actually one comment that came out at one point. Let's just do it like the Egyptians did it. <laughs> what? Uh, explain that to me. Uh, about aliens but it was good. 600 pound. Yeah. <laughs> 600 pound slabs of concrete. We got her. We got her in there. It was good. Anyways. Yeah. All right. Let's get rolling. We've uh, done, I think we saved our the majority of the good content for before the pod. So we'll try to rekindle some of the good conversation that was happening before. So if you guys are ready, then I'm ready. Let's cock the hammer. It's time for action. To do some listener questions, we're going to do some news by ourselves and uh, talk about this draft that Blister and I are in. We talked about it a little bit last week, and um, well, I guess let's do that now. We we started last week. We only had a few picks in, but Blister, we've been in this Data Force draft. Uh, how's, your, how's your draft going so far? Well, I was a little disappointed at the start because, as any draft can, it can throw you a curveball, and 
twice in a row at the start. I was trying to pay a little bit more for running backs. I ended up getting Doug Martin for 30 and Eddie Lacy for 32, which isn't terrible, I don't think. I just thought that they would probably go for a hot, maybe even close to 40. But ended up I got them for 30 and 32 money that I thought I would be pouring into wide receiver. And in the end, now I'm, I've got 13 players drafted. Now I'm got more than anybody. And, uh, I sat back for quite a while. Ended up with, uh, I have seven receivers now. I got Josh Gordon at six, Randall Cobb 31, Kevin White 12, Larry Fitz at 13, Alan Hearns at six, Michael Crabtree at 10, and Marcus Sweet at three. And it's the best ball. So each week the computer optimizes your lineup. You only start two running backs and you can start three receivers and one flex. So it's a PPR league. So probably more often than not, four of those seven receivers will probably be starting. I drafted two quarterbacks, Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers. And so far two tight ends, Delaney Walker and Darius Green. All those last four players were seven bucks except for Delaney Walker. I paid nine. And in some of the situations I'm in now is I still have heritably up 27th for, uh, five spots to fill. So pretty much looking to get two more running backs and, uh, potentially a kicker defense and a tight end. So I'm kind of happy with my squad right now. Um, I think in a best ball, I got a lot of different receivers that can contribute. Uh, my quarterbacks are typically good quarterbacks for any kind of, uh, league. And my, uh, tight ends, I'm quite happy with too so far. So. It's uh, interesting though. Some prices were, you know, I found some prices went pretty high at the start, and it, it was something that baited. Um, doing a best ball auction, do you like? It, typically, I think what I would probably more often subscribe to is the studs and scrubs strategy, making sure I can get some really solid players at your position and not worry about my bench because more often than not, I'd be dropping those guys or I'd be Subbing them all for somebody else that comes along and, uh, and easily, but in a best ball, you kind of want the depth because, you know, if your stud doesn't have a good week, it doesn't matter because there's uh, four more receivers on your bench that can yeah. easily, they can be subbed in by the computer and you can have a great lineup. So that was kind of my thinking after a while. It's hard to pass up on some of these guys and the prices seem pretty decent, but then thinking, well, you know, I'm looking at some lineups where they've got four or five great, four or five guys, but when you're starting, uh, 10 people in a week, you know, probably aren't going to have a lot of bench depth, you know, in yeah. a basketball format like this, you're not going to be thinking, well, I'll draft Jonathan Stewart and Cameron Artis Payne. Artis Payne isn't going to help you unless Jonathan Stewart. Right. If you can get a starter from another team, even if it's, uh, or a timeshare like Chris Ivory and PJ Eldon might be better off than doing that, but you're still, you uh, need to have starters and, uh, I don't know. It's a fun little format. What about you, Bax? What do you think? Well, I mean, so far, things are were shaping up okay, and then I actually got Wi-Fi, and uh, I've been actually drafting now, and I don't know if I like where it's gone from there. Uh, my team so far is uh, Kel 5, Allen Robinson for 40, Jordan Matthews for 6, Mike Evans for 34, uh, Matt Forte for 22, Carlos Hyde for 19, I picked up Doriel Green Beckham for 6, Melvin Gordon for 9, and I just, uh, my last pick has been, was Nelson Aguilar for 2. I really like my receiver, obviously, I think with the, my, my feel, I think of the draft, and Slim, you can correct me, I'm not gonna say K-Ben, but, uh, Alan Robinson and Mike Evans, I think for a combined total of 74 is a good little buy, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it seems like it. I don't know what the rest of how that relates to other um, receivers in those tiers, but, I mean, it seems to me like Allen Robinson for 40, that's a lot cheaper than he normally goes. And, I mean, Mike Evans, what did you say you got him for? 34. That's closer, I guess, to where he goes. But, I mean, I I guess if if you think, you know, Mike Evans is a wide receiver one, then – that's pretty good value because that means he should be going for closer to 40 most of the time. Um, right. So, yeah, I think both guys were, you know, according to AAV, pretty cheap in that regard. Um, I don't know. How did the, how did the top end guys go in this? It, since it was a best Well, here ball, I can give you, 
Like I know, like Worcester when he was talking to spread it out. I think that's a good way to go in best ball, especially this year with how deep, you know, wide receiver is. I'm, you know, I can't see what guys like Antonio Brown going for close to seventy bucks and Julio for sixty in well, that Julio Brown, Antonio Brown went for sixty four, Julio for fifty nine, um, Odell was sixty three, AJ Green fifty six, um, Nuke was. 53, Allen Robinson for 40. So that was kind of that top tier guys in our ranks. Um, Antonio Brown, Julio, Odell, AJ, and Hopkins uh, went from 53 to 64. And then that bumped down into that next kind of tier with Allen Robinson, Dez, Keenan Allen. Those were uh, Allen Robinson, 40. Dez, Keenan Allen was 40. And then Demarius ah. Thomas. Real late there, um, as our 16th ranked, uh, receiver was for 43. That's crazy. Um, but that's to me the tier, I guess you target. Allen Robinson, Des Bryant, Keenan Allen, those guys. They seem to be going for considerably less than those other guys. And why can't they do, you know, they can very easily have as many wide receiver one weeks as those other guys going ahead of them. Right. So I'm just kind of holding on now for trying to find quarterbacks and tight ends, and I'm trying to figure out what my strategy is going to be. I think I have an idea of what not, how many of those positional guys I want, but with this is kind of unique, not like an MFL where you don't have any waiver. This you have one waiver move a week, and it's a $500 um, fab budget. So – I'm thinking those onesie positions, as JJ would put it, it uh, you can still kind of stream them a little bit, I think. Yeah, I think, think so, especially tight end. Well, even quarterback, I mean, there's always going to be a couple guys out there. Um, right, like, I mean, in MFL, the, you know, the talk is maybe three quarterbacks and um, maybe, you know, two tight ends and three defenses, let's say so that you can always make sure you have a top 12 guy. But in this situation, if I can get a waiver, if you can make a waiver move, if there's an injury or a bye week, I don't know how important it is to really load up on three of those in those positions. Yeah. Go wait and see what happens with the Denver situation. Maybe well, that's right. Take him off waivers. Right. Yeah, so, no, I don't anyways, that's, that's, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. So I'm just going to see what's, uh, um, what's going to come up. We have a few guys that are on the docket right now. Jonathan Stewart's on, uh, he's on right now. He's coming off the board as the last one for tonight. And, uh, then we'll take a look and see what's happening for tomorrow. But Jay Stew's on right now for 10 bucks. And there's eight minutes remaining in that. And then we don't see anything until tomorrow. Jameson's, uh, Barnett, Frank Gore, Zach Miller, TJ Yeldon, Jeremy Hilser. So a lot of, a lot of good guys coming up too. So, but it's been, it, it's been a, it's been a fun little draft. It's been a good group of guys. We're in a Twitter group right now and there's lots of, lots of chatter, <laughs> lots of, Lots of gifts flying around. Uh, Faguzi loves the gifts, so that's good. Makes makes things for uh, for a good laugh. And one of the things that Blister, I'm just going to say, as you're sitting here right now, I like that this site has the draft board. Yeah, it's nice to see that. The way that it's laid out, um, I doubt you could actually see it if I try to put it on Slim. Um, pull pull the iPad out, but yeah, this is a nice feature for the for the. Um, for an auction, right? You can see really quickly how much they went for. They're coded positionally too. And that's been really yeah. helpful to get a quick reference as to what's going on. So, uh, draft force, that's been pretty good. Oh yeah. What's it? <laughs> going to draft right now. He loves you. He knows. Oh, Mr. Blister is good for a draft. That's, uh, Scout Fantasy emailing Blister directly to see if he wants to get in on one. Too late, I missed it by 15 minutes. Oh, there you go. Anyway, so that's a quick little uh, data force 
dataforceff.com, new, new site that we're on this analyst type auction draft. So it's been kind of fun and it's been interesting because these are real numbers that are happening right now. I was training camps kind of opening and news is kind of rolling out. And I think as we roll into sell, we can talk about how some of those numbers shook out in this draft and what they're going to look like. Um, as far as some of the new breaking news that's out there. So, so why don't we get yeah. into news guys? I haven't, uh, we haven't caught the hammer yet. So haven't. have we? Oh yeah, we caught the hammer already. All right. So that's uh, different having a counterpart here beside me. Uh, he gets distracted very easily and now I'm distracted very easily. We need a bunch of Ritalin over here slim so we can stay on task. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's move into segment number one. This one's called We Just Got a Letter. 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 Wonder who it's from. So, we just got a letter or a tweet. I, we didn't get any emails this week, uh, but you can email us. It's footballauctioneer at gmail.com or you can tweet us at fantasy auction. And uh, we'll get back to you pretty quick. Usually uh, there's a couple of us that will answer you right back or we'll answer them here live on the pod like we're going to tonight. So the first one comes from Rusty at Russellino uh, Brian. He asks, it's a keeper question, so I'm your favorite. He's got uh, $1 Travis, ben- Travis Benjamin. No, it's got to be Calvin yeah. Benjamin. And uh, $1 Michael Floyd. $1 Dante Moncrief. So you get to pick two. He also has uh, Dougie Martin at eight bucks. So who do you like here if you had to keep two between Benjamin, Floyd, and Moncrief? Yeah, the question kind of was confusing. I don't know if we're supposed to add Doug Martin for eight bucks in there. I'm not going to. I'm just going to assume he's keeping him. So pick two. I like Moncrief for sure. Uh, After that, it is literally for me splitting hairs between Benjamin and Floyd. So it comes down to personal preference right now. I have Benjamin ranked slightly ahead of Floyd, but oh, he's a Benjamin lover. Did you hear that? for me are just <laughs> like dropping seemingly every day. I feel like I want to kick them down my rankings more and more. Um, so yeah, I mean, right now I have Benjamin slightly ahead, but I can see you know I can see someone making the argument if you think that you know Larry Fitzgerald is going to take a step backwards a little bit, not be used as much. Well, Michael Floyd's going to emerge, then I can see the case being made for Floyd over Benjamin as well. So uh, pick your poison. I would lean very, very, very slightly right now to Benjamin, but that could very well change tomorrow. So, but yeah, both Moncrief. Yeah, Blister, what do you think? Benjamin, Floyd, Moncrief? I like Moncrief first and then Floyd. Uh, Moncrief's only 22 years. Did you say it was a dynasty league? Keeper. Keeper league. Moncrief's 22 years old only. Benjamin's 25 and Floyd's 26. Best Floyd's ever finished with 25th three years ago. Last year he was 38th. The year before that was 44th ranked receiver. Benjamin in his rookie year finished as a 15th ranked wide receiver. And last year obviously didn't play. So I just feel like Benjamin might have more opportunity there. Uh, you know, we don't know how long Carson Palmer is going to be around either, either at quarterback there. And if that'll hurt uh, the, the receiving core. Or in if Arizona. he just gets hurt this year, he's typical. That's yeah. a typical situation from right. Go off one year and then get banged up the next year. That's right. So I, I go with Benjamin and Moncrief. And I think I'm the same way. If you were going to ask me, I know Slim's going to get me to defend my rankings as far as uh, Calvin Benjamin goes. So, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I like Benjamin coming into this year. I mean, I, have a little bit of bias because I owned him in that, uh, in, well, two years ago. And so, you know, you always, he did well. And so then you kind of like the guy, but at the same time, I just think Cam's starting to figure out the passing game. I think they're starting to call an offense where they trust him to throw the football a little bit more. And, um, this, you know, the great big target, the guy that goes up and gets it of Benjamin, hopefully that'll help to pay off for him. Now he's not the only show in town with, Greg Olson, I get that. Um, but I do like that Ted Ginn can take the top off and then those intermediate uh, routes can be for Benjamin. So that's why I would take Benjamin over Floyd. And also, too, as a keeper, just like Blister was saying with the Carson Palmer, you know how much I trust that he's going to make it through this season, let alone next season and beyond if you're keeping. Um, but Slim, to be honest with you, 
the Benjamin pick in the data force draft was uh, intermittent Wi-Fi. You know, I was on the turn coming in. I think I just smoked a cigar and uh, it was a few beers in and I max betted Kelvin for the AA, the AA, uh, 25 bucks. So I threw in the $25 bid as my max bid and walked away from it. I got Wi-Fi a couple days later and went, Oh, look at that. I got Kelvin Benjamin. So that's kind of how it went. It wasn't a bidding war. It wasn't, um, super high, but I, I'm high enough to be happy with them as my wide receiver three or four in this draft. I'll tell you that. So in between him and Jordan Matthews, let's say if I'm going to have Alan Robinson and Mike Evans, and I want, um, I think in the wide receiver three and flex position, both Jordan Matthews and Kelvin Benjamin, I think I'm, I'm all right. And as, uh, the coach, Papao Pao, said on Twitter today that third third year wide receiver, uh, let's go get him. So anyways. We do have a question. Throw on here, do you wanna we can do it after, yeah. Okay. So we'll do one more Twitter question and then uh Blister does have an email question that didn't end up on the script here. So uh second question here is from at Dan Hodge seventy four. It's a two hundred dollar ten man PPR. Keep Crabtree for a dollar. So I guess it's a keeper question. Crabtree for a dollar, Josh Gordon for a dollar, Jeremy Hill for two. All right. So I don't know that. Do you think? What are we doing? I wonder how many you can keep. I don't know. Uh, Ten man. That's that's what I first thought too. Blister was who? How many other keepers are there? What's the rest of your team look like? All right. Let's see. Let's say keep what? one is Crabtree for one, Josh Gordon for one, or Jeremy Hill for two. Slim, keep one. Uh, I mean, if I had a bunch of decent keepers already and a good starting lineup already, I'm keeping Josh Gordon. Um, yeah. That being said, I like, I think Crabtree is much, much safer. Um, I think even with if Gordon, you know, lives up to whatever expectations we might be having, uh, unless you're this delusional kind of Josh Gordon truther who thinks he's going to be a wide receiver one. Uh, I just don't see that personally. But uh, then to me, him and Crabtree are essentially even. Maybe Crabtree's even a little bit ahead just in terms of what their weekly production can be like. Then you start adding in the fact that Josh Gordon's going to be missing games, uh, and he's literally one strike away from never playing again this season. So, yeah. I, I mean, it is only a buck, and yes, there is some ceiling to Josh Gordon, but I don't see his ceiling being any higher than really Michael Crabtree's. Plus, there's also a floor that is an absolute zero. So, yes, it's a buck, but if you want to be uh, – Smart, I think Crabtree's the pull. What do you think, Blister? Crabtree, Gordon, or Jeremy Hill for two? Yeah, I like Crabtree as well for a buck. I mean, last year he scored 231 points in PPR. Jeremy Hill got 174. I don't think their rules change a whole lot. Um, I think, if anything, the offense uh, Crabtree's in could only get better. Um, they have a good defense as well. They could be finding themselves in good scoring positions more. Uh, in Cincinnati, there are some issues there with Eifert could be missing some time, but it could just mean more catches for G. And, um, I think Jeremy Hill, I, I like him, but I just think his, he's really going to have to perform this year to, you know, still have a spot next year. I think this is a real big year for him, but I just don't see him. I don't think his ceiling's as high as what Crabtree's could be, especially in a PPR format. And I just don't trust Josh Gordon. He's already missing four games. That part worries me because. With that first four month or the first month off those four games, that just gives him one more month to do something dumb and get himself <laughs> kicked out of the league. So I just don't trust him. And if you can trade him, maybe you should trade him and try to get something a little more uh, more stability there. That might be a better option. Yeah, and what what type of condition is he in when he comes in and those types of things? Uh, um, and I'm thinking with Jeremy Hill for two bucks. I mean, you could turn around and spend a buck in your auction and get. Younger guys or as young guys that have more upside, I think, especially long term. If you look at what we took, uh, Jarek McKinnon or, you know, maybe Tevin Coleman goes this, this year, um, Buck Allen, 
you could take a Derrick Henry for a buck and those ceilings can maybe be there where you kind of know what you're getting with Jeremy Hill. So that's my answer for that too. Anything else to add there, guys? I knew you'd never pick Hill Bucks because you just traded <laughs> him in our dynasty league. So I I knew your answer. I could have ruled him. And you, you. And, you, and you and you and you like that uh, trade, right? You're damn right. If you can get Gio Bernard from Jeremy Hill. Yeah, I mean, let's call that straight up, right? That trade. What did I give a fourth or a third with it? I don't even remember. I think that's all that it was. So you can pretty much call that, call that straight up. Um, gonna give him a second. So I'm gonna stop taking Jeremy Hill or uh, Gio Bernard. Yeah. So next question here, a Twitter question at Emil's eleven. He's got a two hundred dollar cap. Is eight K Green worth forty one bucks? Slim, is he? Yes. Yes. I mean, he's a fifty dollar receiver. I, I maybe I'm higher on him than most or more, I don't know. It seems like I am. I don't get it. I mean to me I don't he's think you're higher than most. His ball. Well, I just feel like in the mocks that I see and things like I don't. He's always there. There's guys like Hopkins, Allen Robinson. Those guys always go ahead of him, and that's fine. I but, but can't always be. I mean, the guy is projected to get a ton of volume. There's no one else there. Eifert, we don't know. You know for sure when he's coming back. Um, you know, he could very well get injured again. There's no other receivers really on the roster that are going to, you know, carve into his touches considerably. So, I mean, it's a green light for A.J. Green, I think, this year. Blister, what do you think? Is he worth 41? Absolutely. I mean, he, I think he's going to line for a big year. He's going to get a lot. Obviously, the majority of the targets there and catches. And uh he's good. Even when they put the number one guys on him, it's not going to slow him down a whole lot. So, I think that you know, if you can grab AG Green for forty-one bucks, you'll be very fortunate. And in, in your in this situation, it's definitely a good buy. I agree. Uh, Slim over under on AJ Green. He had uh, over under one hundred and thirty-two targets this year. Over under on. Ooh, I don't know how many they have last year. One thirty. He had one hundred and thirty-two. So I'm saying, will he get more this year than last year? Yes. Yeah. Blister? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be up by 160. All right. So if he's up to 160, uh, slim over under 100 receptions. Over. Blister? Yeah, he'll be over 100 this year. All right. And he had 10 touchdowns last year. Over under. Slim? Oh, you went to me. Can I push? Yeah, yeah, push. That's fair. Seems like a pretty uh, piece of, I don't know. 10 pretty high. Pretty good, yeah. yeah. He might get 11, maybe 12. So let's see, if he gets into um, 160 receptions, or no, sorry, 160 targets and 100 receptions, that's uh, Odell Beckham from last year. So that pushes him into that, yeah, the top five tier, right? I mean, uh, Beckham gets 13, 13 touchdowns last year, but Julio Jones, I mean, didn't have the same touchdown production, but uh, – you know, makes that up for in receptions, whatever. So I think AJ Green is poised to do better than last year. I think all three of us say that. And he finishes wide receiver eight in PPR last year. So that pushes him into top five or six for sure. So 41 bucks for sure. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty for nice. sure. Pretty nice. All right. Um, so Blister's got an email question here that didn't make it onto the script slim. So uh, you're going into this cold unprepped. Give us the Coles notes. Okay, first of all, it's from Jameson. Now, Jameson, you might have to correct me. Is your name Hawkes or you, the F silence and go with Hawkes or Hokes or Hokes? <laughs> I'm not sure. I've Jameson. It. Let's go with Jameson H. <laughs> Jameson's a good guy. He's a, he's a subscriber to the site, two years running here. First of all, he wondered when Uncle Buckets is going to have the 14 PPR auction values up. Oh. And I said I would get to you Buckets, so now I'm just well, getting uh, to you. I'll yeah. do, I'll do it tonight. There you go. And, uh, then he uh, was entering with our, with our, um, rankings, we have the plus minus values on the side. Exactly what, what that meant. So that's a good question because others might be wondering that same thing. And basically you're looking on the side 
you have a few columns, um, your average auction value, and then your PRV is your provisional positional rankings value. So basically what the auction, average auction value is what they're going for your average auction real, real life value is the PRV tells you based on the position they're in, how, what, what that position, you know, if it's the number one ranked receiver in this case, like Antonio, Antonio Brown, you know, it's $65. Wrong. Yeah. Oh no, on my page that I have in front of me. But. Anyways, you're you're looking for the guys that have the minus the last and final column. So if I take a look real quickly at say Amari Cooper, we have him as the 11th ranked uh, wide receiver. His average auction value is 35. dollars His positional ranking value is 41, meaning typically an 11th ranked wide receiver might cost you in the 41 dollar range, which means he is actually going for six dollars less than what. His position should dictate buy. So if you're looking at those ones with minuses, Keenan Allen at minus four and Mari Cooper minus six, you can get those guys at those ranges, save yourself ten dollars. You're going to be able to invest that in your uh, RB three or somebody else down the road. So that's what those that means. The VI, I think, think of it as a coupon, right? And so you're getting whatever the the value is on the side. That's what you're getting off the asking price. So. So next thing up, and this is where you can jump in too, Slim, is, uh, James has been reading, James has been reading a lot about, and I think he's seriously about going to zero RB strategy this year. He says, uh, who are your favorites if going this route in the RB and wide receiver categories? He says he finds himself liking Duke Johnson a lot, and seeing as the Browns should be trailing in most games this year, thinks he'll be in line for a lot of receptions. He usually spends up for one of the big guys who over the last few years, but this year he says he's finding himself gravitating towards not paying for one of them and going with someone like Elshon Jeffrey for his number one to save some money and get some other high-end wide receivers as well. What are your thoughts? So I, I know Slim's answer already. Yeah, His I, answer is he loves it. Yeah, well, he probably will. <laughs> and, I, and I'd reply, too, just based on those values. I mean, you could have you know, Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper for 75 or 76 bucks versus Antonio Brown might cost you 66 bucks. You could have two potential wide receiver ones right there instead of just one. But, um, Slim, what are, and I, and I've already talked to him in an email and given you some ideas, but Slim, what do you think, uh, with that strategy and what are some wide receivers you might be targeting? Yeah, I, I mean, to me, it's a sound strategy this year for sure. I, Again, it comes down to if you go RB0, you've got to spend the money somewhere. And this is the question of maybe you do end up buying an Antonio Brown or Julio Jones because you can uh, and because there are a lot of values still a wide receiver. I mean, you might look and get a whole bunch of wide receivers from, say, like the third tier, or do you want one from tier one and then – a couple guys from tier four and five, like that's kind of where to me the question comes when you go RB zero. Um, I mean, yeah, we talked about it though. I mean, like I, for me, AJ Green is, is a guy I like, um, I, to me, he's undervalued. Uh, right now he's currently going for four bucks less than what our positional ranking says he should be going. So I like that. Um, you know, Des Bryant, I think, depending on the owners, just based on what happened last year, he could be a value. I think Keenan Allen's often overlooked. And then, yeah, guys like Alshon Jeffrey, um, I know I'm higher on him probably than you other two guys this year. I got him ranked a little bit higher than you. Uh, I like him to bounce back. He can stay healthy. He was putting up a huge amount of targets when he was on the field last year. So, to me, yeah, he's a guy that you want to target. Brandon Marshall now, even with Fitzpatrick, like there is a lot of guys here in that yeah. area uh, that could very well be. Um, I don't want to say wide the, the wide receiver one because I really feel like that's Antonio Brown's spot no matter what. But uh, mm-hmm. he could very well be the wide receiver three though. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's something to be said for waiting on some of those guys, uh, and this is where. You know, this kind of horseshoe effect, you could really see it come in. The first couple of guys will go for a little bit more, and then all of a sudden there could be this lull in the middle, and you might find yourself getting a player like, uh, you know, Keenan Allen or Elshon Jeffrey for a lot less than you thought you'd have to pay. Um, so, yeah, I can see, you know, like I said, that strategy to me makes sense. And then if you look further down the rankings, to me, 
there's a whole bunch of wide receivers around $25 that I think you could really fill out a decent roster with, you know, guys like Golden Tate, Julian Edelman, Randall Cobb, Moncrief, uh, you know, even Sammy Watkins to some extent. Uh, to me, I like all of those guys for that price uh, as a wide receiver, I mean, especially for the, you know, I'm getting one of them as my wide receiver three. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with this thought process so far. Well, no, and I love that idea of which what I was going to do at the data force draft was I was going to try to target those um, low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver twos, grab two or three of those guys if I could. And then, oh, geez, if I got stuck with Sims and Theo and, uh, and Duke Johnson sitting in there as my three RBs and you spend $25 on three running backs, but yet you got two or three of those like on this draft with A-Rob and Mike Evans and right. I think that that's kind of the, the way to go. And I think it's a nice looking squad, especially in PPR because you can make that up in so many ways and people undervalue that. Well, there's two frames of thought too that came to my mind. My first one was like, if you're what I've been doing, some of these drafts recently, I've been trying to, if I felt like I was a little bit weak at the position, I really wanted to make darn sure that I was really strong in another position. So, for example, I do like a lot of these twenty-something dollar receivers: Macklin, Golden Tate, uh, Randall Cobb. I paid more than that for him, but Dante Moncrief, even Benjamin, Dougie Ball, and Jordan Matthews. The, I, so, if I was going to do that, you know, I would probably be more inclined to grab five of those guys versus saying, you know, some people say, well, if I just get one of the good ones, so if I just can get Julio Jones for 60 and then round out with four of these other guys or something. Well, the problem is there, you know, if Julio goes down, you're only left with those same guys anyways, but then you, because you spent so much on him, you really can't make sure you're solid at another position. So what I might recommend trying is go for about five of those guys at the $24 range, $25 range, and you go after a couple or maybe not quite that expensive or maybe not quite that many, but then you really go after some really high-end tight end and or running backs. Like maybe you make sure you're really solid at that other position or something like that. But the only, and and that's not a bad strategy, but the only thing that is a little dangerous when you do something like that too is if it's not a best ball, who do you start every week? You, know, you yeah. have uh, Jordan Matthews, Benjamin Moncrief, uh, Fitzgerald, and all these guys. That's, it's hard to it's hard to know which guy you should have in your lineup. So, I mean, it's a uh, tough, but I mean, it, it seems pretty fun to have a lineup that includes all those guys. That's for sure. Our waivers are open. Our waivers for Dynasty. Yeah, you can drop guys, uh, but you can add you guys. Can add guys. Oh, I didn't know our waivers are open. Hmm, yeah. Look at me, I'm sleeping. Um, and I think that that's no. a good question. But I think Blister, by the time season kind of starts, you're gonna, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you're gonna get it figured out. Like you know. Jordan Matthews taking a big dump, so Aguilar is the guy now. So then you whatever, right? Yeah. So I don't know, um, but I, I like I like the strategy, and I think that that's a better way of doing it. Blister, like you say, grabbing two or three or four of that next tier or that third tier guys, rather than um, buying up and then trying to figure out what you're going to do down low. Anything else to add, that Slim? Well, I'm just going to play a little devil's advocate and say I think a lot of people are going to look at it and one theory they're going to go with is see that there's a lot of depth at wide receiver. Um, it's going to be tempting for some for, for a lot of owners to say, you know what, maybe I'll just go buy Todd Gurley. I'll get my one stud running back. I can get a lot of kind of those wide receiver twos to fill out a wide receiver core. And then I will just go kind of RB zero after taking someone like Todd Gurley or David Johnson or somebody like that. And, you know, that's when you load up on those PPR guys to have as your RB twos and your flexes and things like that. And yeah, yeah and it's going to come down this wide receiver position. It's so deep. It's going to allow you the flexibility to do, a lot of different things, I think, and it's, in a way, it's going to be good because I think it'll give you flexibility when you're actually in your draft. If, say, your plan doesn't go the way you want it to right out of the gates, you can you can switch around to do some other stuff. 
but uh, I think it's going to be tempting for some of these guys. Not that there's anything wrong with this. I mean, there's nothing wrong with building a running back core around, you know, a stud like Todd Gurley. Don't get me wrong. Um, right. If he goes down, you're going to be tough to fill that spot, maybe, but because uh, you've blown such a big percentage of your budget onto on one position, but. Uh, yeah, to me, those are the two that's going to be up to owners to decide what they want to do. And I think that's a good point, too, that it is so deep that you can you can play some of those games, again, where you got to just sit down and say, what does my team look like? Plan A, plan B, plan C. And then have that flexibility to make your move and know who your targets are going to be when it goes one way or the other, right? Yeah, exactly. That's a good, that's a good question. And as the, uh, as training camps start to unfold here, we'll have a better idea of who some of those third and fourth year receivers might be the better ones to target and then start using those, uh, nomination strategies and whatnot to save a couple bucks. And then you can do both. You can do like what Slim just said. You can go RB zero and, but with Todd Gurley and then go from there, right? There's a lot of options in games like this year. There's just so many good receivers out there, and there's a lot of question marks at running back, and, and I think there's really a lot of options. In the next month, though, like things will happen where, you know, remember last year we thought there was a lot of options. And then Nelson went down. And Nelson went down. And Nelson went down. coming out. So I will tell. We have another month or so before. Really All right, good question. So that was email. Um, at uh, the email is a uh, football auctioneer at gmail.com. Just emailed uh, Blister directly, which I do like too. That's uh, that's good stuff. Trade revoked. Bots. <laughs> All right, let's move into uh, uh, next segment here, guys. This one is the fantasy football news buy or sell. So in the buy or sell, we take a look at news items and uh, ask our analysts whether they buy or sell the implications of that item. Um, first one here probably won't take a whole lot of time, but I thought it was interesting a bit. Um, veteran wide receiver Hakeem Nix signed a one-year deal with the Saints. This is on the eve of their uh, first training camp practice, so that was today on Wednesday, and that is according to ESPN. Um We'll start with you, Slim. Buy or sell? Nobody cares with all the great receivers at uh, the Big Easy. I'll buy. I don't know if it's so that the receivers are so great. It's just that the key mix is so trash. Not great. Not great. Sure. Okay. So, that's it. <laughs> well, I just think that everyone uh, talks a lot about the Saints wide receiving core. I just wonder why would they even need Hakeem Nick. What role does he fill that Brandon Coleman doesn't fill or Snead doesn't fill or he's a training camp body as far as I can tell and uh they're hoping just for anything but I mean I don't yeah. I'm not sure exactly what it is either. Alright. Okay, let's move on to one that's probably a little bit well not probably it is more important. Uh Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Jets agree to a one year deal. So the Jets and quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick ended their five-month contract dispute on Wednesday, which is today. Um, the two sides finalized a one-year $12 million contract on the eve of the uh, first training camp practice, according to Adam Schefter. The deal includes $3 million in incentives and could boost up to $15 million, as the source told Schefter. So, Blister, buy or sell? This does nothing but good things for B. Marsh and Eric Decker. Oh, I buy that. Marsh was the number three receiver last year, and Decker was <laughs> top 15, I believe. So, you know what? That, it's a huge, uh, huge signing for them, and I think there's no reason to think that uh, they can't put up similar numbers. I mean, Marsh isn't getting younger, so he could decline a bit, but he still should potentially be a top 10. He had 173 targets last year and 109 catches. That's a pretty darn good year. And Decker finished as 13. He had a 132 targets with 80 catches. Both went for over 1,000 yards. 
double-digit touchdowns. I mean, they should uh, they should have pretty good years again. I've been kind of avoiding them in drafts, not knowing what would happen. I'm scared off that Pitts might not get signed, but now it's full steam ahead with Marsh and uh, Eric. Oh, Slim, does this move them in your rankings right now? Um, not tons, really. I always kind of operated under the assumption that he, with with these guys, that he would would be there. Yeah. Um, I might move Decker up a little bit. I think I had him a little bit lower, but I kind of have Marshall as a wide receiver one anyway, uh, low end one. Yeah, yeah. I never. I'll, I'll put. Fitzpatrick now in the rankings. I never put him in my rankings just because he still hadn't signed, but I kind of always operated under the assumption. It, it didn't make sense for the Jets to not do this, especially when they restructured Muhammad Wilkerson's contract. It seemed like they did that in order, well, one, to lock up Wilkerson long-term, but two, it would free up some money short-term to do a move like this, which it kind of was, seemed like the writing was on the wall and, um, course, it always just waits till the very last minute for both sides to kind of come to this agreement. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, both trying to use as much leverage as possible, so I'm not surprised it took, kind of went like this. So, yeah, no, uh, I think anybody who owns them is probably pretty pumped, though. Um, we'll see if Fitzpatrick's still going to be an upgrade to Geno Smith or not. It wasn't like he was super efficient last year, but uh, but those guys definitely did see a lot of targets that and probably will get more than they would get with Geno Smith. Um, does this affect the running game blister at all? Well, I think I, I like it for uh, Forte. I mean, he catches a lot of passes out of the backfield, so I think it can only help him as well. Um, I don't think it affects it too much. I, I think that in Geno's case, he kind of just been maybe more misreading probably for passes and stuff yeah. like that. I think the handoffs and stuff. But I think uh, the offense should keep rolling now, which you know, can keep both the offense, the aerial attack, and the running game, you know, moving along. Whereas maybe drives only stalled out quite easily. Right. Okay, let's move on to item number three. Uh, Zeke Elliott assault case is now underway. The, um, this is as of Wednesday evening. So the woman who accused. Dallas Cowboy running back of assaulting her is taking the case to the prosecutor's office and an investigation into the incident is underway. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure we've all been on Twitter or wherever else and the pictures have been on and that type of thing, but are we going to, no, we're going to Slim this time around. So, uh, Slim, buy or sell. Zeke is not really worth his AAV of 56 bucks now with this investigation. Mm. I will say I will, would avoid him at the moment. Um, I don't know if he did this or not. I've heard reports that he didn't, and this woman is trying to, you know, they had some nasty breakup, and she was going to use these types of pictures to try and, and wreck his career, and that she was came from some bar fight she was in or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what the truth is. All I know is that... Uh, in the wake of what's happened last couple of years in pro sports, uh, accusations like this aren't taken lightly. So if there's any kind of truth to this, then he's probably going to be uh, punished some capacity. Um, so until we know exactly what's going on, uh, I'm going to kind of shy away just because of the nature of these types of allegations now. And, uh, I mean, I hope it's not true. Um, but until we know, it's just kind of a really sketchy and something you want to kind of avoid, I guess, if you if you can. All right, let's um, move on. Move on to next. Ryan Matthews is placed on the active slash NFL list. Um, uh, NFI list, sorry, NFI is non football related injury list. So Eagles running back Ryan Matthews has been placed on this list with an ankle injury suffered last week. Matthews, whose injury was wasn't noticeable when he walked by reporters today um, when he reported for training camp is expected to receive the bulk of the carries for the season for the Eagles new offense. Um, so banged up ankle on a band-aid player blister buy or sell Kenyon Barner. Buy Kenyon late in your draft, late in your auction for a buck. I mean, you always got to look at guys in a, in a spot that 
you know, right now might not even be getting talked about, but, you know, there's not a lot of depth in Philadelphia, and I was reading up on him months ago, actually, about the potential that should, you know, Matthews go down. It, you know, that's not the role Sproles would play, probably not Smallwood either, so the next guy up potentially could be Kenyon Barner. So you better keep him on your radar, um, and if you can pick him up, you know, there's – it always happens every year. You see these guys that are more injury prone and often than not, they, they end up injured. So I would keep an eye on Kenyon Barner and I've, I've actually got him on a few rosters already and some of my best balls and different things like that. So keep him out there, keep an eye on him and, and you might want to take him. All right. Uh, moving on for you, Slim, this one. Uh, Nick Foles won't be joining the Rams as they begin a new era in Los Angeles. Byrcel, uh, Slim, this isn't fantasy news. Go on to the next one. Give me all these ones. I'm going to buy it. Yeah, he's all a right, plug. I'm terrible, you, I'm you the next terrible move for the Rams to begin with. Uh, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> all right, I'm going to give you the next one then, Slim, because I've given you those two cheapies. Um, Jamal Charles has um, been added to the pup list. So the Kansas City Chiefs um, will be without another veteran to start training camp. The team placed running back Jamal Charles on the physically unable to perform list for the start of workouts. And if we remember, Charles suffered an ACL tear in October, underwent his second knee surgery in the past four years. He's turning 30 in December, um, and the Chiefs are not going to rush him back. Um, so, Slim, buy or sell. Let someone else buy Jamal Charles. Sell it. I mean, why would the Chiefs rush him back? He's their workhorse. Yes, he's aging. And he's coming off an injury. There's no need for him to even be out there right now. They don't care. He, 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 this does nothing for Jamal Charles. So why wouldn't the Chiefs be cautious with him? Why does Jamal Charles even want to be out there? He probably doesn't. He'd rather be at home, you know, playing Xbox or something. So uh, I I hope there's tons of reports. He's, like he's this at the field, time. isn't he? What's that? He's at the field. He's not sitting at home playing Xbox. No, like, no, no. I know, but I'm saying if it was up to him... <laughs> Why does he even care that he's in OTAs and stuff? He doesn't. He's done this a million times. He go home and you know take a piece off the old lady or something. I don't know. Like uh, there's a million things he'd probably rather be doing than than hanging out in the field doing nothing. But um, but no, my point is this is you know these are the reports you want. This can hopefully drive his price down. And all of a sudden he's a value in August when you're drafting, uh, because everybody thinks he's going to be injury prone. Um, you know, and he's old and he hasn't been practicing. Oh my God. So but yeah, I mean, there's no reason for the Chiefs to rush him. There's no reason for Jamal Charles to rush himself, even though he's probably pretty close. And I'm sure if it was a game this weekend, he could probably suit up if he needed to. Right. Okay. So you're not too worried about him. No, you've seen him on Twitter doing box jumps for things like that for the last five months. So I don't know. I'm not too worried about him participating in non-contact drills and things like that right now. He's been doing that in his rehab. There you go. All right, so that's some uh, five or six different news items. I didn't have anything uh, up here next. I thought you guys might have something that uh, you want to talk. You know what I'm kind of thinking about is uh, running an impromptu uh, killing in the name of. What do you think, Slim? Do you have anything you'd want to kill in the name of fantasy football? No, I don't know. Caught me in a good night, I guess. I'm just not. <laughs> you're not, you're not surly and surly and bitter. That's uh, well, I'm not about fantasy football. Just about <laughs> life, I guess, probably. But it's not. <laughs> uh, so I, I got. Uh, I thought we would take this. Well, we actually took this to close to an hour. <laughs> it's funny, even, even the two of you just automatically, like, it went to like an hour 12. Like, yeah. it just was like 72 minutes, no kidding. We always end between 64 and 72 minutes, no matter what the script says. We can have 900 things on there or six things on there, and it's just how it goes. That's script, it. Not use that term loosely, a few bullet wow. points. Yeah, that's right. There's bullet points. I, uh, You've caught. gotten way slack. Remember a couple of years ago when we started this nice elaborate script? We'd all jot down little things. Now we just talk. talking point, talking points. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, so are you any drafts right now? No, hey. No, not at the moment. 
just kicking back, just watching us. Just doing mainly work and just listening to your reading the group chat periodically with my phone on <laughs> silent because it would be going off constantly. Well, let's see. Um, I'm just trying to think of anything that's uh, newsworthy as far as the website goes. Um, you guys better be working on some stuff for the, the membership site. Uh, $14.95 gets you our close to 400 player ranks and uh, auction values, including the VI, the value indicator that uh, Blister spoke to earlier. Um, you can get onto the website. There is a link on there. Uh, for the members area, you can take a look at where we sit compared to all the major players out there on the internet and how much they're going to offer you. Uh, I bought the, the, the annual magazine for the cabin um, and uh, just to sit there and use for kindling later, but just, just for stats more than anything when I'm out of Wi-Fi service, uh, one, actually two pages of uh, auction stuff in the, yeah, it was actually not bad except for, I just cannot, I, w- I should have brought the magazine because it would have been a nice conversation starter to say, what do you think of these rankings go? Cause it was, I was dumbfounded. I was reading it the other day and I actually was like, oh, loud. I'm like, these guys are so stupid. And Gary then just looks at me and goes, uh, sorry, Auntie Buckets looks at me and she goes, uh, who are you talking to? And I'm like, the magazine. Don't worry about it. I mean, I shouldn't be getting mad reading, uh, magazine. Anyways, uh, $14.95 for the membership and you'll get articles that are auction related, more than just two pages that were in the magazine. It costs you as much as the magazine. You get all the info there. I've even trying to start now uh, interactive online community using Google Spaces. we got a few guys that are on there now and we're trying to learn how to use that to share resources and uh, ask questions and and talk with the three of us and also talk with each other. Speaking of community, Slim's trying to also start that on, or that's trying to start that, has has that underway on Twitter. The Twitter handle Slim is? Uh, at FF Auction Advice. FF Auction Advice, and that's a community of auction players that are on there. Um, he's talking about uh, posting some stuff on a more regular basis on there just to try to get the the, the, the community starting to buzz now. The training camps underway. Um, you know what else? A nice little, a nice little thing that I forgot that we have on the site that I saw the other day was the uh, three ways to win it, or five ways to win and three ways to lose article. Yeah. So we've got that on there, and all you have to do is just fire in your email address, and uh, it'll fire you that article. Five ways to win, three ways to lose your fantasy auction. Yeah, we should probably try to get. Together and get a real live mock to see the prices have changed since we've done it last, which they should have. The different guys being signed now and different uh, uh, players coming out of the woodwork like Foster and Josh Gordon. But we should try to get that. I mean, so much more um, useful when we get twelve actual people drafting, auctioning. Uh, so maybe we'll have to we'll tweet that out when we're going to get ready to do that. And if people can hop on and do that with us, that'd be good. We can write a couple articles based off those numbers. And on that note, like the end of auction advice is a great place for that. If you're looking to say, Hey, I'm going to mock this afternoon. Um, who's in? I'm going in on league number blah, blah, blah. Or if you can scrounge up 12 guys and just create a fake league and get on there and mock with actual, um, live guys, that's, that's a, that's a way to do it. That FF auction advice is a community of auction players. So that's a great way to get your own practice in too. Cause now is the time to really get that mock going. Hey, Slim, I mean, it's all about mock, mock, mock. Yeah, I mean, this is exactly like, you know, based on even our email question. Like, you need to pick a strategy that you think is going to work for you. The only way to, to test it out is to you know, actually get in a mock draft and see what, what happens, what your team looks like. Uh, so, yeah, don't be that guy that just goes in there and thinks it's goes to going to work and then you leave your draft looking like a noob because you didn't try it out at all. Yeah, exactly. And I, and the thing that I do, like I say at the lake, because I can't sit there with, uh, with cellular service, is I'll take our auction rankings and our AAVs 
and I'll just try to construct teams with different strategies. Like what does this look like? And what does that look like? And, um, that's something that anyone can do. So if you're a member of, if you're a member of the site, all of our stuff is downloadable. Um, you can, you know, tweak your own rankings, what you're supposed to do. We, we talk about that nonstop. Um, especially in August, you know, creating your own rankings and your own tiers, but you can take a look at the tiers that you've created or tiers that we've created. Lister's already got, has his tiers up and running on the membership area, but just play with those teams. Say zero running back. What does that look like? This is what my roster would look like. All right. What if I do like Slimset and take Todd Gurley and then three guys from tier four at the wide receiver position? What does that look like? What does it look like if I take Cam and Gronk? Um, what does my team look like? And you can do that with auctions. I, rather than, um, just waiting and hoping for the best. And then you can have all your, oh, there was a deal on, uh, on Jordan Reed. I'm going into plan C because I've already worked out what my team looks like and I know who to target and how that, how that all works. So the downloadable content on the membership, uh, site allows you to get all that stuff too and, Allows you to create your own ranks based on, you know, we, I've already entered in all the stuff on a spreadsheet for you, so you don't have to do it. So even even that alone for some people is worth the uh, fourteen ninety five, I think. So you don't have to enter it in yourself. You're on some snake you had on your computer uh, that something you had up, and if you wanted to download right there, go back to that one. Download this data to Excel for fifteen dollars. So from Fantasy Data, you could download their spreadsheet basically to Excel for $15. Well, that's one spreadsheet. So you've got all those spreadsheets created and they can grab them and do what they want and tweak them and plus everything else we do on there are breakdowns and everything else. So it's not a bad deal. I think the people that do go there, obviously they do enjoy it because they come back. And yeah. It's helped me win fantasy. <laughs> Some. Guys, <laughs> uh, doing too much of that. We Maybe we should lock him out, Slim, of the website so that he can't get to any of the stuff. No way. That's good. <laughs> Lose our street cred. Just keep yeah. <laughs> uh, three of us have been on top of your, your big auction for some time. we got to keep that up. Yeah. It's been a big four, four years. years Rona or something? Four. Well, since we started this, I think, yeah. <laughs> basically is how it, uh, it's all come down. And I think it's gonna, might maintain that if this, uh, this trip to Buffalo Wild Wings holds true and, you know. <laughs> the Hill Brothers on this road trip, <laughs> hugging and bleeping and I'm crying. And it'd, be, it'd be awesome. Maybe tripping on. I'm bringing a bottle. I'm telling you. Put one in my golf bag. The, the, the taller of the two may disappear before the end of the draft. What's the over, the over under on uh, 15 rounds? Would you, do you take the over or under that he just all of a sudden ends up back at the hotel? Well, I'd say he, he might get, somewhere between nine and 11 players on his team before he goes to Miami. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. And we won't find him until the next morning. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> At least we have a dad on the trip, though. That's a good thing. Big daddy over here will take care of us. Big fish. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I don't want to. Do you know CPR? Bring the paddles from the Z department, Slim. This <laughs> 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 thing. And then drive fast again. <laughs> drive fast. Who's gonna drive? Uh, uh, that's a tough. I'll be me. Yeah. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think I've kept the Bliss family up uh, with my loud barking voice uh, long enough. Um, men's night tomorrow night. Yeah, or afternoon. Afternoon. Men's afternoon. Slim. Or are you uh, masonry? No, it's, we're hosting a retirement dinner for my mother, so I got to pass. Oh, that's nice. nice. I got some prep work to do. All right. Wow. Well, shout out to uh, Slim's mom. Yeah. Congratulations. All right. You can tell her that it officially made it on the internet, eh, that her retirement, like that's a pretty big deal. 
42, if it's, uh, 42 like, people. City followers uh, on our Facebook page or something. There you go. Yeah, I'll post it on there. Maybe I'll tag her. Is she on Facebook? I'll tag her on the Facebook group. Don't. She got a shout out from that. She on Facebook? Yeah, she's probably all over Facebook. Liking the crap and snooping on people's photos and she knows more about what people do than I do. Oh, so and so was going to town last week. And you know, yeah. How did you know that? On Facebook. Yeah. Um, Changed your life. What I, just before I sign off, I just want to say that we were the first podcast, I think this week that I've heard, um, that didn't, Make a Pokemon Go joke, so I'm proud of us for that. That mean that was on this was pretty good. We'll uh, leave it at that. I have, I have been playing a little bit though, and it is wicked. <laughs> no, it's not wicked, but yeah. it, come on, with the, oh, with I was kids, gonna lose whatever. Uh, that's all right. Only you know, Dave's, you Dave's the only one listening at the hour 15 mark. Walk off the end of your dock with your phone. And <laughs> There's one right at the end of my street. It's a pretty important one. Yeah. Well, it's always there. That's the thing. It says for everybody to get all the time. Yeah. No one's got it again. There you go. Oh, oh no, but it doesn't go game. away. Everyone, everyone gets it up. I, all I know is how to catch them so far. Apparently they're supposed to fight and you grow them and stuff and then they blister and I all have battles and I don't know. Apparently. I don't know. That and Snapchat. All I gotta say too is Newsy had a, Newsy had a good time in uh, Vegas according to Snapchat. I'll tell you that. Snapchat. He was posting on his, he was posting on his story all week. It was 44 degrees there today. Man, this has just officially gone off the rails. I apologize for that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm old, but. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's it. We're done. All right. Slim, um, uh, good luck at your party tomorrow. Uh, Blister, uh, I'm going to say I'll see you tomorrow at the links, but we're sitting beside each other. <laughs> and for the rest of you, I'll see you when it's springtime. In the Rockies. When it's springtime in the Rockies, I'll be coming back.